This is the Man in a Room podcast. Hello, thank you for joining me. Um, so, something quite weird has happened. Um, and it's annoying at the same time, but not really. So, I've recorded a few episodes of this under a different name. as like a pilot. Um, because, obviously, I need to work out, like, is it possible for me to talk longer than normal? But during one of those episodes... Um, I mentioned the fact that I'm reading a couple of philosophy books. Now, I've been studying philosophy for absolutely years. Like, literally, I would probably say best part of a decade. Um, I started reading uh, stuff about Buddhism and all that kind of stuff, which is actually really fascinating and is something that I think people should look into, uh, not as a change of their religious views or anything like that, but as in, in general, it's actually like a really good philosophy to look at. Um, and one of the other things that sort of goes hand in hand with Buddhism is Stoicism and I mentioned that I've been rereading Stoic books now the idea of Stoicism in a very sort of small nutshell is um, bad stuff happens to us but then it passes that's pretty much the very sort of the very smallest acorn of the idea of what Stoicism basically is it's the stiff upper lip English people are well known to be very stoic. It's like, it could be, well, it's probably raining outside. Doesn't matter. Let's have a barbecue. That's what we, that's what we, that, that's what's ingrained into our, um, our, you know, psyche. That's what we are. We're stoic as a nation, but we don't really know what stoicism is because obviously being stoic comes from being uh, the study of stoicism. So anyway. I've been reading these books, and I started reading Marcus Aurelius' Meditations again, which I've studied before, and I've really enjoyed it. But I remembered that in the front, he mentions about another book by Epictetus, Discourses and Selected Writings. So after like rereading the first bit of Marcus Aurelius' Meditations, I thought, I'm going to get out my copy of Ep- Epictetus' Discourses and Selected Writings. Uh, just for a laugh, you know, being a philosophy nerd. And I actually remember I read out a little a little part a little part of um uh Marcus Aurelius's meditations and it is as follows <clears throat> Say to yourself first thing in the morning today I shall meet people who are meddling, ungrateful, aggressive, treacherous, malicious, unsocial. All this has afflicted them through their ignorance of true good and evil, but I have seen that the nature of good is what is right, and the nature of evil is what is wrong. And I have reflected that the nature of the offender himself is akin to my own, not a kinship of blood or seed, but a sharing in the same mind, the same fragment of divinity. Therefore, I cannot be harmed by any of them, as none will affect me with their wrong, nor can I be angry with my kinsman or hate him. We were born for cooperation, like feet, like hands, like eyelids, like the rows of upper and lower teeth. So to work in opposition to one another is against nature." And anger or rejection is opposition. Now I mentioned that, but I like that. It's just the, the so basically, Marcus Aurelius was was some uh, Roman emperor dude, and he basically got inspired by a slave, which is nuts. No, it's like the, literally like the slave was like, well, do you know what? I am a slave in in ancient times, but do you know what? It could be worse, which is nuts because obviously it couldn't be worse. And a Roman emperor was like, do you know what? He's actually making a lot of sense. I'm gonna pay a lot of attention to him, and I'm gonna give him full credit, which is nuts. But anyway. Um, it's really fascinating, and I, I recommend looking into it. And anyone who flies the flag of Stoicism, I'm like, yes, go for it, go for it, go for it. Amazing. Um, it's just good to get it out there, really. Um, 
I got I, I was actually put onto it by Darren Brown, uh famous um mind man. Um yeah, basically was all like, well, you know what? Don't worry about stuff. It's, it's actually a good book, actually, I recommend it. It's called Happy. Um I wasn't sure what to expect from a Darren Brown book, but it had Darren Brown's name on it, and I like Darren Brown. And I want to say Darren Brown one more time, so there we are. <clears throat> so anyway. I was minding my own business on the internet, as I do. I, I watch a lot of uh, internet videos. Like I watch, uh, obviously, like Netflix and that kind of stuff. And you can find good philosophy stuff on there. But I found a very strange philosophical um, crossover with YouTube. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Thank you for doing this. Um, so, basically, um, the most famous YouTuber... Sorry, the second most subscribed to YouTuber, PewDiePie, uh, did a video about Stoicism and Marcus Aurelius specifically. And he even read out the same bit I read out on like my show before and I read out earlier. He read the same bit out. I thought, oh my goodness, this is amazing. He's flying the flag because he also talked about a different person called Diogenes, which I've not looked up. And it turns out that although PewDiePie is considered... Well, no, he's not, he's not considered stupid. and I, I, He's not stupid. It's very clear he's not stupid, but he plays up to... That that aspect, like it's it's a character he plays. I think everyone plays some sort of character to some degree. So when he sort of takes that little uh, the little hat off, the silly, gonna stop you know talking about being on you know sitting on the floor and that kind of stuff. Actually, very smart and um like because it's it's actually quite interesting because obviously he's a very rich person, and I don't think it brings him any happiness from what you know because the fact that I think he's now. I mentioned about him being a flo- uh, the, the floor gang. So basically what that thing is, that he's now got his expensive computer and his, his, all the expensive equipment he has, but he just chooses to sit on the floor because he's part of the floor gang because al- allegedly he broke his table and he hasn't got it fixed. Mate, you could have got a new table by now. We all know that. It's fine. If you want to sit on the floor, sit on the floor. Um, and uh, yeah, it's actually really cool. But I, yeah, don't make excuses. You be who you want to be. You want to be... Uh, influenced by different philosophies, go for it. If it makes you happy, hopefully it does. Because um, philosophy is actually really fascinating. And uh, obviously good philosophy. Uh, but then how do you find out the good philosophy? You have to read you have to read them both. Yeah, but if you only want to read the good ones, you have to sort of, you know, have a check them out and then, you know, read whatever one is best uh, but from your opinion. Um, that's a joke, obviously. But there's actually a very easy way of sort of just going back and back and back because obviously the Marcus Aurelius things are. Oh, I'll go back to the. I'm um, stop talking about philosophy, um, but it's a very it's very fascinating. Um, the way it, it can actually give you like an entirely different way of looking at things. And what I find very fascinating, especially about ancient philosophy, is that how it can also be transferred to current times, even though things have apparently changed. Um, the fact that he's saying no, Marcus Aurelius was saying that he'll meet unpleasant people. Uh, well, yeah, everyone does that. I used to work in a coffee shop, and I used to say that to myself every morning, because like I used to have to deal with people um, being all angry and annoyed because they haven't had their coffee yet, which is silly, because you, you've got a kettle at home, you can make yourself an instant coffee, but no, they want to come into the coffee shop just to give me a hard time at 7.31 in the morning, one minute after opening. Don't get me started about the people who would like bang on the window at like 20 minutes past seven, so I'm not even about 10 minutes yet. Um... Although it's quite funny because uh, people will wait outside. Uh, if if someone's waiting outside, people will just wait with them. It's, it's quite simple. Um, and what I used to do, uh, I did it once actually. I, I actually, before anyone started queuing, I unlocked the door discreetly. So no one's going to try the door because everyone knows it's not time yet. And there's a couple of them who like to chat outside. 
Um, and so I unlocked it without anyone noticing. And I, and I started, making, you know, just started carrying on all that kind of stuff. And I was like, you know, they were like pointing their watches saying it's half past seven. I was like, oh, whatever, you know, I'm not open. I was, I was like, I'm already open. And then someone eventually tried it off five minutes later. And they, that door's been open. I went, yeah. And I said, well, I unlocked it early. And that's, that's funny. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's really fascinating, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it can help. Um, but at the same time, it can also be a hinder. Um, I mean, some the, the the main problem I have with philosophy books specifically, especially the olden times, is because they do mention God quite a bit. And as a Christ denier, I tend to shy away from all that stuff. I mean, people say, I mean, there's a lot of good advice in the Bible. This is true. You look at the Bible, a lot of good advice about treat everyone like you want to be treated and all that kind of stuff and all that all that stuff but you can't ignore the the vitriol from the rest of it you can't you can't ignore it like it's not you can't ignore oh yeah um gay people should be stoned to death or whatever um and all that kind of thing um which is which is just silly i mean but uh, you know it's so the it has to be an all-round good book um but yeah um I talked about philosophy there quite a bit there. Sorry about that. I wasn't intended on doing that, but there we are. Um, so right now, I'm, I, have to, I have to be honest about this. I'm actually aching like heck right now. And there's a reason for it. Um, I do have trouble with my mental health sometimes, and I'm fully aware of that. And it's something I am open about. Uh, yesterday was one of those bad days for me. And so I was like, okay. So I've got a little checklist in my head. So when I'm feeling a bit down... I will do things that I know will make me feel better. Now, the thing is with mental health is that you have to get a certain amount of strength back and you have to take control uh, rather than sort of laying in bed crying all day. You have to get that that strength up and be like, right, even if it's like a, a few seconds, you need that, that few seconds for, to be like, right, I need to do something to stop this. Um, and I, I go for a little checklist. I go for a checklist. I eat, um, I, I drink. Uh, some water, whatever. I will meditate if I can. You know, meditate. Uh, write a journal. Um, and one of the new ones is exercise, where I go for a walk. Um, because obviously, way back when I wasn't going for that many walks. I'm going to be honest, but I, I walk more now. So every cloud. Um, and I went for a little walk, and it didn't change the way I was feeling. And I was like, oh, "This isn't good. I've done everything that I normally do, and I don't feel any different. This is really not a good sign." So this is this is a bad this is a bad one this one so well, it's all right. For, well, maybe I've not done an, enough exercise. So I did some more exercise. I got home, and I tried to do some press ups. I don't do press ups. I tried to. I, no, I did some sit ups. I did some sit ups. That wasn't a big deal. Um, and um, I don't. I, I don't do them very often. You see, so I'm not in good practice for it. I don't use those muscles very often. So. I was like, okay, fine. I said, like, I'm going to feel that in the morning. Just in my head, sort of being like, yeah, just prepare yourself for that one. Oh, my goodness. I'm surprised at how much I ache. It feels like I've been hit by a truck. Um, but it's, it's funny, though, because um, I know it will pass. And I know I did it uh, for, good, for good reason. And, um, yeah, so I do uh, I don't regret it. But at the same time, I do kind of regret it because I do ache. Um, but yeah, I've always, I've, luckily I can do whatever I want walking wise. My legs never get tired because I've, I've got good, a good amount of um, 
uh, muscle in there. In fact, I've, I've got ridiculously muscular legs. Actually, it's ridiculous. Like I've actually got like proper lines on them and everything. That's how you know I've got, I've got amazing legs. The rest of my body, no. Can't even grow a fringe for goodness' sake. You know, it's not fair. Um, but yeah, um, I also did a food shop yesterday, an online one because I don't drive. And it's funny because um, obviously what's going on is that it's a bit more difficult to do such a thing because there's never any slots and all that kind of stuff. So I managed to book um, a a slot to get my food delivered. And I had to get advice from my sister about this because she's been doing this now for a while and she's now worked out the tricks of the trade, which I'm not going to go into because I don't... I I suppose I could. Um, Tricks of the trade is you need to get on the website about 11 o'clock um because generally shopping's shopping's yeah shopping's site uh, shopping sites they their slots run from I think six o'clock in the morning to eleven pm at night so when that last slot has gone on the last day it then open unlocks another day you see so eleven o'clock tonight for example um you will be able to there'll be more slots and you literally have to get on there quickly because everyone's you know everyone knows about this you need to get to that slot quick and all that kind of stuff and um so yeah i'd recommend well the other thing is they're also just trying to get on on the website because it's, it's just so slow getting on this website to try and um order stuff because there's literally uh too many people on the website and um yeah we don't know how much for much longer though so you know hopefully it's not too much longer because um it's getting a bit boring now i don't want you to talk about that stuff because it is just depressing and i don't I've got a conspiracy uh, mind. Um, I don't think it would be conducive for my mental state to start uh, coming up with conspiracies as to you know what's going on and you know what could possibly be going on. I, I, I also will say is I don't think that this is uh, an act that has been done on purpose. I do think it's real, um, but there are certain aspects that are being exploited by certain parties, uh, be it governmental or business or whatever they're exploiting it and that will be exploited um and it's it's very clear um there are things awry but you know would it be for the greater good we don't know um but yeah anyway um i need to have a drink um i'm I'm doing well with my my drinking water i'm drinking water now I've, i've i drink two liters a day which is actually really good let me just uh mute this for a sec See, I could have edited that out, but I don't. I don't want to edit anymore. Um, I like this much better. Um, yeah. Also, there was um. I've, so, just before all this kicked off, literally, I think it was the the um three days before UK was announced to be in lockdown. I purchased. I, I was. I was. Uh, I was told not to come into work, and I purchased Animal Crossing. Uh, New Horizons is it New Horizons? Actually, don't know. I think it's New Horizons. It's just Animal Crossing in my head, and uh, it actually made the news. Radio, not Radiohead. Why does it Radiohead for? That was weird. Um, Animal Crossing actually made the news in the Financial Times because there was this. They fixed a glitch in the game. Um, I think they put a, a zero in the wrong place, and it basically meant that. Um, well, basically in the game you save money, so basically you put money into a bank. Uh, the Bank of Nook, I think. No, the uh, 
Oh, no, it doesn't matter. Uh, there's, a, there's a raccoon who basically is in charge of money. He's the capitalist. And so basically, he would give you interest on your savings. So you basically put loads of money in your, your bank account and then basically you'd start getting a return by just having money in the bank. You see, it's teaching kids about capitalism and all that kind of stuff. And they basically cut the interest rates on that like they significantly. So rather than getting more, more than I think you used to get maybe like 100,000 bells possibly, but the, the bells is the currency, by the way. You only got like 10,000 bells or so, something like that. I don't know. There was a there was a certain cut off, um. So they you wouldn't better get interest on whatever. But also it's quite interesting because I played the game of the the turnip stock market, which is also quite fascinating, and is all the knowledge I have about the stock market. So basically, what it is, um, you have um you buy turnips at the beginning of the of the week so on a Sunday. So basically, you start the game on Sunday, and there's like somebody selling turnips in your in your village. So you say, I want to buy so many turnips for so much each, please, thank you. I think it was 94 bells per turnip today, or this week. And basically what you have to do is you have to keep checking to see when is the best time to sell your turnips to make a profit. It's, you know, it's the stock market. You see, that's, that's how stock works. And um, it's always been a fun part of the game because you can make a lot of money, but you can also lose a lot of money. And I like to play this the, the turnip stock market. It's a bit, you know, a bit of fun. Um, and I ended up spending about 200,000 bells on turnips. I thought, great, if this, if this comes back, excellent, you know. I, can, I mean, the week before, I made quite a, bit of, quite a bit of the old cash. So I was quite confident I better make something back. And so I, I sunk 20, sorry, 200,000 bells in it. And, um, you know, just, just for a laugh. I, was about, I think about 2,000 turnips in the end, 94 bells each. Anyway, I ended up having to sell my turnips for uh, i think 73 bells each so i lost like 20 bells per turnip which roughly translates to about 40,000 but i lost 40,000 bells on the turnip game and um yeah it's just yeah has it is it going to stop me from playing the turnips no uh, not at all it's a good way of getting money back uh, especially because this might surprise you, the Animal Crossing—you can get all these different bits and pieces, but you, you have to get the online, in, the in-game currency to get it to work. Um, there was an actual um, someone actually worked out how much, uh, how many bells you need to make one one penny, and it's lots. Um, like it's it's so much, it's ridiculous because people are there's actually a conversion rate. I think people are buying. You can buy Animal Crossing currency. Like someone will come to your town and give you like so many bells. Um, it's nuts. Um, There's actually an actual a conversion rate, which I don't know what it is right now off the top of my head. But that's what I mean, you see. That's what I like about the tapestry of life. There's me sitting here with books by Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus and like a studier of philosophy and this kind of stuff. Or, you know, just doing my best to just make myself a better person. Yet I'm obsessed with playing Animal Crossing. And even Animal Crossing has its own little philosophical bent. Um, because there's this... Uh, I don't know what she is actually. She's some weird creature. I think she might be. I I don't know. I don't want to guess what she is, but she basically she might be an aardvark or some or an anteater or something. And she um she has this thing where you know you can you you go to sleep and then you can visit other people's towns in your in your dreams. No, that's not her. No, I'm thinking the wrong person. Here. No, no, I'm thinking of Katrina, Katrina the fortune teller. So she's all like, uh, bad times are just that. They're just times, and it's and it's like wow. 
Animal Crossing is quite philosophical as well, and it's actually really quite cool that these little nuances of philosophy are getting sort of like peppered throughout uh, modern culture, which is actually really cool. I mean, um, like you've got like PewDiePie talking about it. You've got Darren Brown talking about it. You've got Animal Crossing talking about it. And there are other, I think um, there's a lot of philosophy in Rick and Morty, but that does tend to be more towards the um, the, the Buddhist stuff. Because actually, this might surprise everybody, but it's quite a lot of Buddhism about, but no one ever actually knows about No one calls it what it is. But it is, it's there. Um, you know, worth thinking about. I'm just saying to people, you know, oh, but how much does it cost to join? Nothing. You just say you're one and that's it. That's how it works. It's brilliant. Um, but yeah. Um, oh yeah, but I want to eat meat. So eat meat. Big deal, you know. Because um, that's one thing that people often say. is like, Oh yeah, but I don't want to become a vegetarian if I'm a Buddhist. You don't have to become vegetarian uh, at all. Um, the, the, the golden rule is, the golden rule of thumb is as follows. Uh, that the animal mustn't be killed on your behalf, like in your name. Um, so roadkill's fine um and also um if it's not been explicitly killed for you personally like say for example you can eat some kfc but you can't eat a whole kfc bucket because that whole chicken well it's not i'm not saying that every single kfc bucket has one exact chicken in it it's got the parts of a chicken Actually, do you know what? I've never eaten a, a, a... My brother would know this. I actually don't eat KFC. I've, I've not really been a big fan of KFC. I don't mind it. Um, I have to really be in the mood for it. Well, not anymore, because I don't eat meat. Um, and just to clarify, it's because I don't like touching raw meat. Raw meat freaks me out so much. So basically, the story goes, um, I ended up not eating meat because raw meat freaks me out a lot, like touching it and just everything about it because I once got really bad food poisoning off undercooked sausages and it was not good. One of the worst experiences of my life. Um, I'd probably say in the top five. Um, And so that really put me off and I started living alone so I I didn't really cook a lot of meat because I'm very funny about cooking meat like it, this, this, just seeing a bacon rasher go from raw to cooked freaks me out. It's like that's just weird. Um, and that's right. I've, I've never missed bacon. Maybe I've said it. I've never missed bacon. Um, and so basically, you know, the, the idea of cooking it is like no. It's about, I, I stopped eating it. Like most, maybe six days out of seven, I wouldn't eat it. Um, and then what would happen is I'd go to someone's house and they'd cook me some meat and I'd eat it, not thinking much of it, but it would upset my stomach because my stomach had not been used to digesting meat because meat actually is hard to digest. Um, so I actually became meat intolerant, which is quite funny. Um, again, I'm not trying to get people to become vegetarian. People do what they want. It's nothing to do with me. Um, but yeah, this is my personal thing. And uh, in fact, I quite like vegetarian cooking, actually. It's actually, you can get some really nice flavors together. Oh, I don't eat vegetables. We'll eat some vegetables. It's actually very nice. I make a very nice uh, bolognese. Yeah. Um, although people arguing that sausage rolls, vegetarian sausage rolls, could be, should not be called sausage rolls because they're not sausage. Um, that's a that that's a argument for another day. That one, isn't it? Um, so sausage shape. You know, because put it out there sausage shape, sausage roll. People got to just calm down about stuff. You know. Um, Oh yeah, but it shouldn't be called that. Why not? Uh, there are another. There are no other issues with people calling things other things than what they originally are. So calling a, a vegetarian sausage roll a sausage roll, 
isn't a big deal, but somehow is a massive deal in the press. Um, I remember that actually. There was this this guy um, in the UK. He sang a song for Christmas a couple of years ago about sausage rolls. I don't know what it was. I think I love sausage rolls. It's for charity. It's a charity song. And he was flying high as the the king of sausage rolls. You know, whatever. And um, so what happened in the end was is that when uh, Greg's released their vegan sausage roll, they thought, we'll know what we'll do. We'll get that sausage roll dude. We'll get him involved and then we'll get him to give his opinion as the king of sausage rolls, you know. And he was like, nope, that's not a sausage roll. It's, it's, I don't know what he... It, 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 it's, you can't call it a sausage roll. Um, but that's obviously... As I mentioned before, I've, I don't mention this now or in the pilot or pilot's um, about at what point does something stop being something? Like I say, like you get a car, you keep taking bits out of a car, at what point does it stop becoming a car? You know, and at what point does the, if you have all the stuff you're taking out of the car in a pile um, and, you know, putting it together like like you would have a car, would you have two cars? Or would, you, would you have two half cars? It's fascinating. So at what point does a sausage roll come into existence? Is it the sausage? Because does sausage have to be uh, pork? It can be beef. It can be. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be meat specifically. It doesn't ever specify um, the legal definition of what a sausage is. Although, actually, interestingly enough, this is a weird side topic. This is just a quick one because I know that I'm running out of time. Um, did you know that Pringles aren't crisps? Pringles aren't crisps. People often say that Pringles are crisps, but they're not. Uh, in a, there, was, there was a court case about Pringles where they made sure that they were not classified as crisps because there was some sort of tax thing or there's some sort of exemption if they aren't a crisp. Because what they are, so basically a crisp or a chip, a potato, a potato chip uh, in America is basically like, a, I don't know, like a crisp and it's like a slice of potato that's been lightly fried and it's crispy and it's lovely. Um, but that's not Pringles aren't crisps. Pringles are potato starch, like a potato mulch, if you want to call it, that is shaped into a specific shape. It is potato. It is. It, it's got the. It's got the crisp taste. It's got. It's literally it, it, by any other definition a taste of crisp, but it's not a crisp. It's not. It's a shaped potato thing. It's. It's very specific. It's like there was another thing about. Um, like I know the, the old the old thing about Jaffa cakes, and this is the last I'm going to talk about because it's just so silly. The argument is: Oh, is a Jaffa cake a biscuit or is it a cake? I think it's a biscuit. It's a cake, right? I'm gonna if people do argue this, uh, just just shush, right? Uh, I've, I've, I must have said this before. I guarantee it. So, say for example, you had a biscuit. Okay, let's say for example you put a, a biscuit out on the side on the kitchen worktop and then you put a cake out on the kitchen worktop. What happens to them both? The biscuit will go soft and the cake will go hard. It will go stale. Um, so part one. So if you leave a Jaffa cake out, it goes hard. It doesn't go soft. So it's cake-like, right? And also, it's called a Jaffa cake. So it's not a biscuit. There's, it's a cake. It's a cake. You don't, you're not supposed to dunk Jaffa cakes in your tea. People do. I've done it in the past. But I also dunk other cake in there as well. Um, and as far as... Uh, do you know what? There's one other... I just wanted to bring this up because whilst I'm at swatting these stupid arguments away, 
Pineapple on pizza. Oh, you shouldn't have pineapple on pizza. That's disgusting. Why? Why not? Sweet and sour. What's wrong with it? I don't like it. Okay. So don't don't have it on your pizza. Done. There's the argument done. I was like, I would, I, I, I don't like cat shit on my, on my, on my pizza either. Um, that doesn't belong on pizza. Yeah, fair enough. So do you know what? You don't put it on there. It's that simple. In fact, I remember years ago um, that they used to sell these uh, turtles frozen pizzas, like the, the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles pizzas. I said heroes because I'm in the UK and I was brought up as Hero Turtles. And um, they basically had this thing where they had these weird flavors. They, I think the pineapple was on there as well. And there's also, they did like a chocolate marshmallow one. Now, in hindsight, I thought that's a bit weird. But I realised now, in, in in hindsight, the pizza, you can't see me doing inverted commas there, was actually uh, a dessert. Because uh, you can get dessert pizza. Um, it's just not that often used. I mean, you can get this really nice thing from uh, Domino's at the pizza place. I think they have like cinnamon uh, pizza dough or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, um, I've waffled on there. And uh, yeah. So uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, I'll be back again soon and uh, hope everything goes fine for you at the minute and all that kind of stuff. Who is the man? Where is the room? It's some guy you've never heard of in a room you've never been in. For more information, head over to maninaroom.co.uk. Hello there, and this is a mobile phone recording because I, uh, well, I can't be bothered to use the computer at the minute because my computer is pup. So you have to forgive me. Um, I make myself a nice cup of tea, and I've learned from my mistakes from the other episode I did this, where I have to make sure that I, uh, it doesn't do the old speakerphone, so I have to, sausage factory stuff, you know, stuff from the sausage factory. Do you know, actually, now I say that, actually, I want to talk about that for a second because... Um, I remember there was this thing years ago when people were trying to become like uh, YouTubers, like vloggers. I think vlogging is sort of thing. I might, um, it's here and there. I mean, I, I saw a vlog the other day, which is why I want to bring this up. And what I thought was really funny was this person wanted to get down to the nuts and bolts and how they're making the vlog. I was like, okay, um, I don't really care. You know, um, you talking to me about you making a video isn't a video. That's nothing. It's an update. Which isn't a video, I'm sorry. Um, there used to be this, this guy years ago, I can't remember his name, I'm not going to name and shame him, but he used to be really terrible for it. He used to always be like, um, uh, I will be making a video soon, this is in the video by the way, so there's a video of him saying he's going to make a video, and how he's got all these plans for all these videos in the future and all that kind of stuff, but then he'd never make them, he'd just make videos about not making videos and apologising, which is something he used to always constantly do. So, um, yeah. Uh, I was, you know, the, the, someone once told me the rule: show don't tell, um, which is my, you know, the whole idea about sausage factorying. Uh, you don't really know how the sausages are made. You don't need to know how the sausages are made. All you need to know is that you can eat the sausage, um, or do you want with it? But you don't have to know how they're made, because I think the analogy is the fact that um, sausages are just full of all kinds of stuff you don't really want to know about. Um, like uh, my dad calls them pig lips. Uh, uh, pig lip um, sausages um, and you know pig's bum holes and all that kind of stuff basically all the meat um, yeah they make oh, they're cool now I'm sorry for any vegans listening to this I myself am a vegetarian um, and I, I'm not offending myself so 
um, I think what they do is they, they get the carcasses and they literally jet all the all the leftover meat with like a really high power hose from the bones and they make that into they mince it all up and they make it in this I mean to be fair before I was vegetarian it didn't bother me um, what was in stuff because I thought well they wouldn't sell it to me if it was bad for me not bad for me if it was it would, if it would make me unhealthy or unhealthier um, they haven't made a vegetarian dirty sausage yet which is a shame because that would be pretty good it's a niche in fact I'm um, talking about that actually I'm going to be trying very soon I'll let you know how I go with it actually the um, Papa John's uh, vegan um, vegan pepperoni which is kind of intriguing, if you do, if you ask me. Um, they do a couple of things like that. But again, some Papa John's... You know, you know, the whole thing with Papa John's. Do you really want to use Papa John's? Um, but they do vegan pepperoni. So, um, swings and roundabouts, you know. And Pizza Hut, don't even bother. Uh, or, and Domino. I think Domino do a few more bits and pieces that uh, they don't do. But I don't know. I don't really like using big companies, to be fair. Says he who works for a big company. Well, I say big company, a company that is big, not like a an evil one. In fact, I think the company I wish I'm not going to tell you which company I work for, but the, I've worked for a couple of companies in the in the past, and I don't think any of them are necessarily evil. Um, but there is sorry, it's full of my water bottle. It's very important to keep hydrated, especially in these times. Um, you know, there there is a certain uh, thing to be said for working for a company that you find ethical. Um, working for a company that you don't agree with is not good and is not and should not be done because you will not be happy in yourself if you disagree with what you're working towards. Um, so yeah, um, I don't know. I've never worked for an unethical company, as far as I'm aware, so can't really comment on that either way. But I don't think I would be happy. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, there was a time last year when I was actually unemployed for a bit. Um, Basically, happened was I used to work in a coffee shop as a manager, and I really didn't like it very much. Company itself, nothing wrong with the company. It's just underpaid and just like meh. So I went to a supermarket, which was horrendous, and I was unemployed. Uh, I had a little nest egg, so I thought I'll save this money. I got, I got some savings. I'll live off that for a bit. I should be fine uh, until I get a job. So I got a job eventually. I was looking for a job. There's all these other companies that I could work for. There's like one. I think it was for a cigar company. I thought, do I really want to work for a company that sells uh, stuff that gives you cancer? Um, I mean, you could argue the fact that you know there are supermarket products that can give you cancer also, but that's specifically it. Like they just sell, as my cousin calls them, cancer sticks. Um, so I didn't get that one. And there's another one who was uh, you have to do like cold calling from home. They give you like this. Uh, I think they give you a headset and you plug in your um, computer into the Ethernet cable. And then you sit there and you make calls and that kind of stuff. And it is working from home, but apparently it's terrible. And I thought, well, do you know what? I don't like the idea of that. Although, ironically, I have literally been doing that the last six weeks. I haven't been calling people. I've just been sitting around in my home. Technically working from home, I guess. Um, I'm doing this is technically work. You know, this is technically work. I don't think anyone will believe that. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah. Um so sorry that the upload has the uploading has been a little bit off off the south the scale off the hook um off off the charts no it's just a bit off really um that's because various i'll be honest uh, mental health problems have sort of been creeping about like creeping about, oh hello there's this you know there's a there's a little there's a black dog out the front and it wants to have a chat 
Um, I'll look at it through the window, and then occasionally I might give it a stroke, and then oh, well, it needs to go. Um, but uh, obviously that's the famous analogy of depression being like a black dog. Winston Churchill uh, referred to it as a black dog. And um, as uh, with with um, Buddhist teachings, there's a thing about um, happiness and unhappiness are two dogs fighting. Uh, which dog wins is the one that you feed the most. So if you feed the depression dog, it's going to keep coming back. You need to make sure that it's a stray and needs to just go away. Really, the RSPCA should just step in and destroy it because it has bitten a few people. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm waffling about nothing now. Um, yes, yeah, so I'll try and record another one of these. I- I'm hoping this sounds all right because I'm using my phone and I thought it sounded all right the last episode. So I need to make sure that I hold up to my ear um, and uh, wear my apron for when I'm making sausages. So, uh, yeah, I'll speak to everyone again soon.